MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, May 10th, 2021. Today, Christopher Miller and Jeffrey Rosen will testify to the House Oversight Committee this week. FEC Commissioner Ellen Weintraub pens an op-ed about the FEC dropping the investigation into the hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. A federal grand jury indicts Chauvin and the other three former officers in the murder of George Floyd for violating his civil rights. The Justice Department will redefine the term firearm to close the ghost gun loophole. The FBI says more indictments of the worst of the worst are yet to come in the insurrection investigation. The Arizona Senate responds to the Department of Justice's concerns over their idiotic audit. And Elizabeth Warren says she will run for Senate re-election in 2024. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Uh, how would, uh, Hello. Welcome. Hello. Hi. It is Monday. <laughs> Does it feel like Monday to anyone else? It is a Monday. <laughs> if everyone else knew how many times I had to record that intro, <laughs> they probably would get a hint <laughs> at just how Monday today is a monday and as we know you know we recorded it early so it's it's monday for a sunday but i do want to wish everyone a happy belated mother's day and to the fathers who have done double duty i wish you a happy mother's day as well because i know some people have the pop taking care of them their entire lives and you should get both days absolutely and thanks everyone for listening to the reboot of Mueller. she wrote i released Sunday, yesterday, which is today, but in real time, you're listening to this on Monday, so yesterday. The episode is now out on both the MSW feed, it's the old feed, and the Daily Beans feed. You can find it in both places. And thanks to Andy McCabe for joining me for that discussion, where we break down Judge Jackson's opinion in the Bar OLC memo case filed by the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. We take a really geeky deep dive into it. Uh, and have some, uh, it's it's just a great conversation. So have a listen to Mueller She Wrote. It's out now. And uh, yeah, we're calling it volume two. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But there's all, all kinds of Mueller news bubbling to the surface now that there's a new attorney general. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and we'll keep you posted on all of it uh, over there as well. Uh, so we have lots of news to get to. So let's do that. This is a new show. So why don't we hit the hot <laughs> notes? Hot notes. All right, new show, new show. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> First up, the lead story is about the new attorney general living up to his words about holding those who violate people's civil rights accountable. A federal grand jury has indicted Derek Chauvin and the three other former Minneapolis police officers for violating the civil rights of George Floyd. That's the man who was videotaped uh, being murdered last May during an arrest and sparked nationwide protests and demands for reform in police departments. Chauvin separately was charged in another federal indictment with violating the civil rights of a 14-year-old Minneapolis boy during a September 2017 arrest by holding the boy by the neck, hitting him multiple times in the head with a flashlight without legal justification and put his knee Jesus on his neck too. Yeah. Uh, and new criminal charges. These are new. They were they were revealed Friday. They come nearly three weeks after Chauvin was convicted of murder and manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. And three months before the other ex-officers are due to face another state trial for his death. And uh, it's going to be the same prosecution team for the other three officers as well. The federal indictment accuses Chauvin, who held his knee on or around the neck of a handcuffed and prone George Floyd for more than nine minutes. 
Um, and they're, they're accusing him of killing the 46-year-old while violating his rights to be protected from the use of unreasonable force by a police officer. It also accuses two of Chauvin's fellow cops uh, of willfully failing to intervene to stop Chauvin from using unreasonable force. That's a failure to the, that led to Floyd's death. All three ex-officers, along with the fourth Thomas Lane, are accused of letting Floyd die by willfully failing to aid him when they saw Floyd lying on the ground in clear need of medical care. Uh, in the separate federal indictment related to his arrest of the 14-year-old, Chauvin likewise is accused of holding his knee on the neck and upper back of the boy, even after the teen was lying prone, handcuffed, and unresisting. Well, I'm glad this SOB, and as of right now, looks like he's going to be going away for a very long time and that justice in that t- in that moment that they had the right, um, the, the right verdict. So that is nice to see. All right. Our next story. In a move set to update the definition of a firearm for the first time since 1968, the Justice Department proposed a rule on Friday aiming to patch what has become known as, quote, the ghost gun loophole. Now, Here's the quote. We're committed to taking common sense steps to address the epidemic of gun violence that takes the lives of too many people in our communities. And that is from our new AG, Merrick Garland. He wrote in a statement, criminals and others barred from owning a gun should not be able to exploit a loophole to evade background checks and to escape detention by law enforcement. My my response to that is, No shit. I'm glad we're finally (laughs) taking care of this. The announcement advances a longstanding policy objective of our President Biden. He'll explain that the ghost gun phenomenon during his first speech before a joint session to Congress. Now, expanding on Biden's executive order to curb these weapons, the Justice Department's proposed rule seeks to combat it by updating the definition of a firearm to keep pace with technology. Thank God. Words and phrases like firearm, gunsmith, complete weapon, complete muffler or silencer device, privately made firearm or a PMF, firearm frame or receiver, and a frame or receiver, get an, they get a definitional update, which they've needed for years um, because our guns are unfortunately advancing at a rapid rate. Now, the public will have 90 days to submit comments on, a, on the proposed rule from the moment it is entered on the federal register. So that obviously is not just going to happen. Um, this is going to be a process, but it's nice to see that even small steps are being taken right now to fix this. Yeah. And, you know, this is just now we're, we're going to cover this a little bit more uh, tomorrow, but this is just uh, coming out right now from the Associated Press. There has been uh, a mass shooting Sunday today, Mother's Day. Uh, six people are dead and uh, seven, if you include the gunman. Uh, this was in Colorado. It was at a birthday party. It's, it's some one of six of the people who were shot were adults. They were shot in front of their children. Jesus. And uh, it, it the the gunman apparently is an ex-boyfriend of one of the shooting victims. Um, so if you know, I, I the first thing I think of is if this gunman got his gun through the boyfriend loophole. Because, you know, there are many places, and I'll have to do more research on this, we'll go into it more tomorrow, but there are there are places where even if you are a, a domestic violence felon, you are still able to, to buy a firearm um, if, you know, if, if you're, because if you have a spouse, it's different if you're, than if, you, right. if it's just your boyfriend. So, you know, we'll see if, if, if this person was a domestic violence abuser, um, you know, you, 
If it was if it was her husband, you could take his guns away. But you can't do that with an abusive boyfriend in a lot of places. So it needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed. Yeah, and we'll we'll go more on that story. Thank you, Ag. Uh, and from Pete Williams at NBC News, four months after the January 6th riot at the Capitol, FBI agents maintain a steady pace of arresting people. It's one of the largest criminal investigations in American history, and it's just getting bigger. Quote, we're not done rounding up the worst of the worst, said one law enforcement official, and we're not slowing down. More than 440 people have been charged so far, coming from all but six states. Nobody from Mississippi, the Dakotas, Rhode Island, Vermont or Wyoming were there. The largest number came from Texas, Pennsylvania and Florida in that order. Now, men outnumber the women, according to those arrested, by seven to one with an average age of 39. That's according to figures compiled by the Program on Extremism at George Washington University in D.C. And 44 of them are military veterans. That's more. That's 10 percent are military veterans. More than 60 of those so far face some of the most serious charges of assaulting officers with the U.S. Capitol Police and Washington's Metropolitan Police Departments. Officials say 140 officers were injured during the riot. This pace of arrests has remained steady uh, as the FBI sorts through hundreds of thousands of public tips. In nearly 90 percent of the cases, 90 percent of the cases, charges have been based at least in part on a person's own social media accounts. Unbelievable. Investigators have also used facial recognition software, comparing images from surveillance cameras and an outpouring of social media and news agency videos against photo databases of the FBI and at least one other federal agency, the Border, Border Protection, CBP. They have also subpoenaed records from companies providing cell phone service, allowing agents to tell whether a specific person's phone was inside the Capitol during the siege. With at least 500 cases expected to be filed, all in a single federal court in D.C., prosecutors will likely be seeking to reach plea agreements in hopes of reducing the number of cases going to full trial. I'm sure they will. And hopefully, I mean, a lot of these people were following just the, uh, the this mob thinking, you know, yeah. and so they may not be able to take down bigger fish. But I bet some of them do have some contacts and stories. So we'll keep you updated on that. And something interesting today, I guess on I believe it was Parlor or Telegram, one of those uh, social media platforms where you're allowed to threaten physical violence. Roger Stone, like, like, just dug into Steve Bannon. He's like this pile of shit. Uh, if you <laughs> if you see him, punch him in the face. I fucking hate that guy. And I'm like, what prompted that? It makes me wonder if if Bannon is somehow cooperating with the feds. And um, Kathy Griffin replied, she's like, yeah, but isn't Bannon the bigger fish? And I was like, well, it depends on which crime you're talking about. No kidding. <laughs> uh, because, you know, if it's wall fraud or or uh, social media election interference or, you know, helping autocrats around the world, Bannon is the bigger fish. Sure. But if you're talking about the insurrection, Roger Stone is the bigger fish. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Exactly what prompted that you Roger Stone doesn't I mean, he's he's a dick, but like he's usually a dick in response to something. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Bannon was just born a dick. <laughs> They're all dicks. A, a Nazi white supremacist <laughs> dick. Uh, 
And I apologize to all the dicks out there. Um, I do have some news on the ninjas. I think it's time we give you an update. Uh, We have an update on the cyber ninja election audit in Arizona. (laughs) Ninja update. (laughs) We need to get We definitely need to get a jingle for that. Responding to concerns raised by the U.S. Justice Department about aspects of a controversial election review, the leader of Arizona State Senate says that plans to go door to door asking residents about their voting history are indefinitely on hold. It's not going to happen. So this decision, which had not previously been announced, follows a letter sent to the state Senate president, Karen Fan from the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division. Now, Pamela Carlin, the principal deputy assistant attorney general with this division, wrote Wednesday that plans to can- canvas voters asking for information about their voter registration and voting records as outlined in a contract detailing the scope of the Senate's review of the 2020 election in Maricopa County could... I'm going to say it does violate federal laws barring voter intimidation. Fan, as we know, is a Republican, wrote in a reply to Carlin um, on Friday that portion of the review is off, at least for now. I have a feeling it's not going to be back on, AG. They said with respect to voter canvassing, the Senate determined several weeks ago that it would indefinitely defer that component of the audit. Now, as for the ballot custody. She's she's saying several weeks ago we weren't going to do that. But when asked for their, you know, the scope and the information of the audit, they put that in there like last week. But though, but they. They didn't mean to. They weren't going to do that. We weren't no, going to no, no. do that. Oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. That part's illegal. That's an. That's a typo. It's a four paragraph typo. Oh, the principal assistant deputy attorney general of the civil rights division says that that's voter intimidation. Well, we weren't going to do that anyway. No, we were just. We were just making sure you knew the law because we know the law, but we were making sure you knew the law. Okay. Now, as for the ballot custody and security, which is another issue um, that that was raised by the Justice Department, Fan wrote that while the audit and recount have been outsourced to private firms, the ninjas, questions of physical security were expressly reserved for the Arizona State Senate in the prime vendor contract. And this is a quote, in practice, the Senate's appointed liaison, former Arizona Secretary of State Ken Bennett, is present at the audit site virtually every day and is involved in overseeing every facet of the audit. That does not make me feel any better. Is that the guy looking for bamboo fibers and using UV lights? Because yeah. I don't think I trust that guy's judgment. Yeah, no, it's a little sketchy. A little sketch fest going on in Maricopa County over there, Arizona. Hope you're hanging in there. Yeah, so shining UV lights, uh, using blue pens instead of red pens, which is uh, against the rules. Uh, that, and the Department of Justice was concerned about that and said, all right, we got to we gotta do, we're on ninja watch now. And, and send somebody in and then and now all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, 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 you don't have to worry about the security of the ballots. Yeah, sure. We leave the doors unlocked. But there's a guy who's a fucking idiot who's there <laughs> almost every day. And we told him to be careful with the stuff. So <sighs> set set your mind at ease. Paydag. Sleep well, Arizona. Sleep well. And uh, finally, from Alex Thompson at Politico, in a move that may surprise some ambitious Massachusetts Democrats, Liz Warren says she's going to run for re-election for her Senate seat in 2024. She was asked in a political interview on Friday if she was going to run again, and she said, yep. (laughs) I love her. I love her straightforwardness. (laughs) Um, She did spend the last two years trying to leave the Senate. Uh, you know, the presidential campaign auditioning to be vice president and then the push to be Biden's Treasury secretary. But she's running again for Senate. Uh, Trump Lackey, an author of that memo, by the way, that kneecapped law enforcement two days before the insurrection. Christopher Miller. Remember that guy? I do. He'll be testifying this Wednesday to Congress. 
That'll be really interesting. Yeah, we'll be right back with that story. And then later, I'm going to talk about an op-ed written by FEC Commissioner Ellen Weintraub about their dismissal of the investigation into the former guy, Individual One, over campaign finance violations in the Stormy Daniels case. So we've got those stories coming up. But uh, yeah, Liz Warren going forward again in 2024. Appreciate that. Appreciate her. And everybody, we'll be right back. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Allform. Allform crafts the most beautiful, high-quality furniture you can customize to fit your own personal style. They have sofas and chairs and love seats, and they're all made to your specifications, and then it's delivered directly to you with fast-free shipping. You basically get to design your own luxury furniture using premium materials, but at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. With Allform, you pick your fabric, which is spill-stained and scratch-resistant. You pick the color, the finish of the legs, the sofa size, the configuration, and you make sure it's perfect for you and your home. I got a three-seater sofa. I customized it with whiskey-colored leather. And because it's spill-stained and scratch-resistant, I can have it with the pod pets. It's got a walnut-leg finish and a chaise lounge. Uh, It came in a couple of days. I put it together myself. I absolutely love it. It's roomy and modern, and my favorite part is I designed it to my own specifications. The other great thing about Allform is how incredibly fast they deliver. Normally, if you want to order a new sofa, especially a custom one, it can take weeks or months, and you need someone to come assemble it in your home. But Allform takes just three to seven days to arrive in the mail, and you can assemble it yourself in a few minutes with no tools. Allform has beautiful armchairs and love seats, all the way up to eight-seat sectionals, so there's something for everyone. And you can always start small and add on later if your family grows or you move. And best of all, you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free, no hassle, and they'll give you a full refund, all your money back. They also have a forever warranty, which is, you know, literally forever. And so to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for listeners. That's allform.com slash dailybeans. Back on January 4th, just two days before the insurrection, Trump's installed Secretary of Defense, Christopher Miller, issued a memo to the Secretary of the Army regarding the District of Columbia's request for D.C. National Guard support in response to demonstrations planned on January 5th and 6th in 2021. In the memo, Christopher Miller tells the Secretary of the Army that he's authorized to approve requested support, but that the request is subject to Miller's guidance and only in consultation with the acting attorney general. He then lists what the Secretary of the Army is not authorized to approve with regards to the D.C. National Guard without his subsequent and personal authorization. Here's a list of actions the Secretary of the Army was not allowed to authorize without Miller's explicit permission. Uh, He can't issue weapons, ammo, bayonets, batons, or ballistic protection equipment, such as helmets and body armor. Uh, He's not allowed to interact. Well, the the guard wouldn't be allowed to interact physically with protesters except when necessary in self-defense or defense of others consistent with the D.C. National Guard rules for the use of force. Can't employ any riot control agents. Uh, Can't share equipment with law enforcement agencies. Can't use intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance assets or conduct any intel surveillance and reconnaissance or incident awareness and assessment activities. Uh, Can't deploy helicopters or air assets. Can't conduct searches, seizures, arrests, or other similar law enforcement activities. Couldn't arrest anybody. And they can't seek support from any non-National Guard units. He goes on to say at the end of the memo that the Secretary of the Army can only use the D.C. National Guard Quick Reaction Force, the QRF, only as a last resort and only when requested by an appropriate civil authority. So let's go over some key parts of this memo. 
Uh, first up, I want to draw your attention to that very first paragraph. So this is a responsive memo to a request for support from the D.C. National Guard in response to demonstrations planned on January 5th and 6th, 2021. Right there, he is admitting that these demonstrations were planned. In the memo, Miller tells the Secretary of the Army is authorized to approve requested support. Requested support, meaning the multiple phone calls they got from Pence and Pelosi and Schumer uh, on the day of the insurrection. Um, So that's, you know, this is the response to requested support. But he couldn't do that uh, unless, you know, Miller, uh, Christopher Miller, uh, consulted on that uh, request uh, with the acting attorney general, who at the time was Jeffrey Rosen, right, because Barr had left. Uh, He then lists what the Secretary of the Army is not authorized to do. We've gone through all those points and some of those key points, though. But he says um, you can't do any of this without my subsequent and personal authorization. Subsequent meaning after the fact, like after something's already happened. He's not going to pre-approve any of this. And it has to be personal authorization from him. Um, some of the things that stand out in that list can't give, you know, bullets, ammunition, guns and stuff, but no helmets or body armor. So if the D.C. Guard were called out through the express permission of Jeffrey Rosen and Christopher Miller, they couldn't have helmets or body armor. And we remember the story of when, you know, there was a, a group, you know, trying to get into a locked bus to get shields and, and, and couldn't get in. Uh, and that a lot of their shields were stored uh, in inappropriate climates, so they were shattering upon impact. Uh, they couldn't employ any riot control agents, so nothing like what they used on the Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, they they kneecapped, basically kept other units disarmed and unprotected by saying you aren't allowed to share equipment with other law enforcement agencies, and then you can't use any intelligence or reconnaissance. Uh, the part about whether, you know, they can't deploy helicopters or air assets, um, they did that during the Black Lives Matter protests, weren't allowed to do it here. And they couldn't, again, seek support from any any law enforcement that didn't belong to the National Guard. Um, so that's really interesting. And a lot of in, a lot of questioning came up in, in the first round of questioning, congressional questioning about the quick reaction force or the QRF. And this is where this memo is where Christopher Miller said, you, we're, we can only deploy that. You, Secretary of the Army, can only deploy that as a last resort and only when it's requested by an appropriate civil authority. So Miller, Chris Miller, joined the Trump administration in March 2018 as part of the National Security Council and served until December 2019. For those keeping score, that puts him in the National Security Council in charge of counterterrorism during the entire Trump-Ukraine debacle, that whole impeachment 1.0. When Trump rammed Miller into the Secretary of Defense job, many questioned why Trump bypassed Deputy Defense Secretary David Norquist and his services. That's it was uh, that would have been the normal person you appoint. And Rep. Elisa Slotkin, a Dem from Michigan, had a very prescient warning from Miller when he took over at the Pentagon in November of 2020. She said, quote, it is critical that he and all senior Pentagon leaders remember that they swore an oath to the Constitution, not any one man. With that oath comes a commitment to the peaceful transition of power. All leaders must decide what they will do in the next 72 days. I strongly urge Acting Secretary Miller to remember that the country and the military he has dedicated his life to are counting on him to do the right thing. That sounds like she knew something was afoot 
and that Miller might be a threat to the peaceful transition of power. I think that statement is really interesting coming, you know, a couple of months before the insurrection. Remember your oath. You, you didn't swear allegiance to a man. And we have to ensure the peaceful transition of power happens. It sounds like they knew what was going to happen. Well, this Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Chris Miller will be testifying before Congress, as will Jeffrey Rosen, the acting attorney general at the time. He also had to be consulted about any deployment of the D.C. National Guard. And someone named Robert Conti, that's the acting chief of the Capitol Police, will be there to answer questions as well. It's imperative that members ask Chris Miller, who directed him to pen his January 4th memo in response to a request for D.C. National Guard support for the planned demonstrations on January 5th and 6th and why he was hell-bent on hamstringing the National Guard, and why he invoked the involvement of the acting attorney general. Why? why? So I'm going to look for him to blame Black Lives Matter protesters for this memo. He'll say, well, you know, we got a lot of shit uh, for attacking Black Lives Matter protesters, peaceful protesters in the park, and flying our helicopter low over those crowds. We don't want to repeat that, he's going to say. But make no mistake, that is a bullshit narrative, likely planned in advance. Uh, that's what I think. Those are my beans. I imagine Trump telling Miller, hey, kneecap the National Guard so the protesters can breach the Capitol for me. And then when they ask you why you kneecap the National Guard, say it's in response to Black Lives Matter. He will likely also blame the multiple levels of approval needed to deploy the Guard. But do not forget that the commander of the National Guard testified last month that while it took hours to get approval for the National Guard support during the attack on the Capitol, he was able to get that exact same permission and approval with the same exact process in seconds during the Black Lives Matter protests. So this was, a co- this was coordinated at the highest levels of the Pentagon and the White House. But we, I, we won't have the truth during testimony, I doubt. I think that will have to come from internal communications that could be investigated by the Pentagon Inspector General or, or a bipartisan insurrection commission or perhaps a special counsel or the Department of Justice. We'll have to see. I'll have some... Uh, more information on that as it comes out. And here's something interesting. Do you remember the State Department guy, the Trump appointee, uh, Frederico Klein was his name? He, he And, you know, the judge was like, they, he was at the insurrection, right? He's been charged um, for being at the, at the Capitol on January 6th. Well, he's got a 10 a.m. Eastern court hearing tomorrow. So that'll be interesting to see um, if we get, uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll follow Adam Klasfeld, we'll follow, you know, Empty Wheel, we'll follow these folks closely to find out what happens in that hearing. Uh, but yeah, he's a former Trump appointee that was at the insurrection. So they're starting to get up up the levels. Uh, maybe, maybe that guy will cooperate. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, I'll have some more headlines right after this break. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG from The Daily Beans, and this portion of the pod is brought to you by Credit Karma. People like to say good things come to those who wait, and patience is a virtue. We know that by watching the justice system. But, you know, I hate waiting. I'm out of patience. There should be something to be said for instant gratification. But if you're looking for satisfaction right now, you do not have to wait. You can check out Credit Karma Money, a brand-new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchases uh, and purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card. And if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million on Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. So open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirement, no overdraft fees, 
and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Right now, again, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions apply. See rules for details. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc., member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Everybody, welcome back. As we know, Facebook's independent oversight board on Wednesday upheld the company's decision to suspend suspend the former guy. But one of the most important aspects of the decision wasn't really about the president's social media accounts, the former president's social media accounts at all. Instead, it was a recommendation for a deeper review of the role the platform played in the spread of election conspiracy theories that, in the board's words, quote, exacerbated tensions that culminated in the violence in the United States on January 6th. The board said the review should, quote, be an open reflection on the design policy choices that Facebook has made that may allow its platform to be abused. The company, Facebook, has attempted to distance itself from the idea that its platform played any role in the insurrection, so the recommendation that it reckon with its culpability in election misinformation and violence may not be one that it will welcome. Speaking soon after the insurrection, COO of Facebook, Sheryl Sandberg, who is one of the traders, sought to downplay Facebook's role in fueling the insurrection and suggested that other technology platforms were to blame, not hers. While Facebook does have more rules and more content moderators than other platforms, election conspiracy theories still flourished. Facebook only began to ban content uh, related to Stop the Steal uh, after the insurrection. The week of the election, a Facebook group dedicated to Stop the Steal gathered hundreds of thousands of members before it was shut down. An internal Facebook report obtained by BuzzFeed described Facebook's tackling of Stop the Steal as piecemeal. The board's recommendation that the company's role in the insurrection be investigated is not binding, though. Facebook can choose to ignore it. Facebook spokesperson Andy Stone told CNN Business Thursday the company was considering all the recommendations made by the board, but he did not comment specifically on that recommendation. And FEC Commissioner Ellen Weintraub, who you've likely seen on Rachel Maddow, has penned an opinion piece in The Washington Post about the decision to drop the investigation into the Stormy Daniels hush money payment investigation thing. Uh, That's the one Cohen is in prison for and that Trump was named in as an unindicted co-conspirator. You remember individual one? It's clear in the article she's upset by this decision and explains why it's not appealable by the courts. So there's some technical stuff in here. She says, quote, it gets worse. The the Republican commissioner's grossly inadequate justification for dismissal is effectively insulated from review because of the last 13 words of their statement, which are, we voted to dismiss these matters as an exercise of our prosecutorial discretion. The courts have turned prosecutorial discretion into magic words that render any administrative decision invulnerable to appeal. She continues saying a 2018 decision in Crew v. FEC virtually destroyed the ability of the public and the federal judiciary to hold the FEC accountable. The decision held that if the FEC commissioners decline to pursue a complaint citing prosecutorial discretion, it cannot be challenged by any court. She says this wouldn't make much sense even if a majority of the commission discarded a complaint with a few throwaway words about discretion. But the rule holds, even in this case, where just two of the six commissioners cited prosecutorial discretion. Fortunately, she says, though, at least some of this problem can be fixed 
Another case, crew VFEC new models, could help repair the damage. In the new models case, a different group of Republican FEC commissioners opined that a dark money group that gave most of its money in a calendar year to a super PAC could not, under any circumstances, be considered a political committee and therefore must be required to disclose its donors. Never mind that the exact theory from the same commissioners had been found arbitrary and contrary to law just a few years before in another case against the FEC. It was never Congress's intent that a majority of the commission, or especially less than half, could extinguish the public's right to challenge dismissals and the court's ability to review FEC decisions. Last month, a split panel of the Federal Appeals Court upheld the district court's ruling that the new model's case had to be dismissed. The full D.C. Circuit Court should take up the case and close this gaping loophole, unquote. So Ellen Weintraub wants the D.C. Circuit to have a second look at this new model's case on Bonk. What she does not address in this opinion piece is if the D.C. Circuit Court reversed the decision and the conservative SCOTUS upholds that reversal, does that mean the FEC can reopen the case post hoc? Something tells me it would only apply to cases going forward. She also does not address the fact that one of the left-leaning commissioners was absent for this vote in February, and I want to know where that person was and why they didn't vote. Because there's six commissioners, three Republicans, two Democrats and an independent. Um, And one of the Republicans recused, but was there. Two of the Republicans voted to drop the case using that uh, prosecutorial discretion thing. And uh, two of the Democrats, I believe... And I I have to look more into this, but uh, two of the three Democrats voted to continue the investigation or to to take up the investigation. And the other one wasn't there. They were absent. I don't get it. But none of this, none of this stuff precludes the ability for the Department of Justice to reopen this case. You know, the Southern District of New York had closed the matter right after Barr took over at Maine Justice after they put uh, Cohen in jail. Audrey Strauss or whoever the next U.S. attorney is at the Southern District could give it a second look. Don't know. We'll have to keep our eye on it. Um, And uh, we'll be right back with the good news. So stay with us. Hey, everybody. If you've ever been camping and stayed up all night trying to sleep on a thin sleeping bag or the ground with rocks and hills poking you in the back, then you know my pain. I have had trouble sleeping every night for about the past four years. I thought it was the stress of covering politics, but as it turns out, it was my garbage mattress. Some of you probably have worn out your old mattress and are sleeping badly and haven't realized that you deserve better than that. It is time to give yourself an upgrade with Helix Sleep. This is seriously the best mattress I have ever slept on. Helix solved my sleep issues and they've given me restful nights again because they recognize each of us sleeps differently and they customize your mattress to fit you in the way you sleep best. They created an online sleep quiz that takes just two minutes to complete, super user-friendly, and they use those answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So for example, I like a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side. So they matched me with the Helix Midnight because it's perfect for me. Uh, and you don't, you don't need to take my word for it. I mean, Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's, they're just, it's so amazingly comfortable. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to your customized mattress. It'll give you the best sleep of your life. And they have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it for 100 sleeps risk-free. And they'll pick it up for you if you don't love it and refund all your money. But you definitely will love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders, too, for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. 
and today's show is also brought to you by Caliper CBD. Uh, since I've been taking Caliper CBD, I've noticed a marked improvement in my stress levels, overall sense of calm. I've had lessening of pain and soreness. I'm able to fall asleep easier. And the best part of Caliper CBD is I get all the benefits without having to change my routine. Caliper is so convenient because they've created an easy-to-use and more effective CBD powder, which is the only clinical proven fast-acting CBD. Rather than taking oil that you hold under your tongue, Caliper is a dissolvable powder that delivers 30 times more CBD in the first 30 minutes, so you get all the benefits in just 10 minutes, while some CBD oils can take over an hour. Caliper was developed by food and science experts with decades of experience. I love how easy it is for me to integrate it into my routine. I put it in my morning coffee or a post-workout protein shake, and it is awesome. Uh, And it's THC-free, so I can feel better without the high. It's had such a positive impact on my life, even my friends and family have noticed. And there's precisely 20 milligrams in each packet of Caliper CBD, so I know exactly how much I'm taking. It's all natural, vegan, non-GMO, and free of fillers, added chemicals, and artificial flavors. You can get 20% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at TryCaliper.com slash DAILYBEANS. Again, TryCaliper risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's TryCaliper.com slash DAILYBEANS. And don't forget promo code DAILYBEANS for 20% off your first order. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. All right, it's time for listener-submitted good news. If you have a good news story or you want to just share photos of your pets or your kids or your garden or the place, you know, your happy place, uh, or you know, if you have confession, correction, you want to play What the Mutt, Find the Cat, <laughs> Misheard Song Lyrics, uh, Where's the Swears, you know, whatever your favorite swear words are. You want to send in a limerick? I know we have a great limericist. We'd love to hear those, too. Uh, and I promise I'm very good at reading them. I know the I know the meter. You do very well. All right. All the way back from, you know, the early man from Nantucket uh, limericks that we all remember. All right. Uh, first up from Barb, pronoun she and her. In February, my significant other of 17 years passed away. Mm. I had always jokingly told him if something happened to him, he was going to be replaced by a dog. On May 1st, I got the most wonderful companion, a six-year-old female miniature schnauzer named Riley. <gasps> Look how cute Riley oh, is. Oh, it's a schnauzer party. Oh, schnauzers. Barb, I'm so sorry about the passing of your partner. Yeah. Um, I hope you are doing well and surrounded by love, and I bet that Riley is given a lot. Mm, what a honey. Oh, honey, indeed. All right. Thank you so much for kicking us off today. This next one's from Carly and Eris. I married the love of my life on April 24th. I know some of you have followed our story of navigating. Oh, I love these. I love this couple navigating the immigration visa process through COVID. As you may recall, my now husband was able to return with me from the Dominican Republic back in February after being separated for over a year. And two weeks ago, we made it official. So that's my good news for the update. Oh, also, We have a new foster dog. I consider myself a dog person, but I have no idea what this precious mud is made of. Any guesses? What is Bowie? Please help. First of all, these wedding photos are absolutely gorgeous. I'm so happy this worked out. So beautiful. The dress and the the flowers and the head the little headband oh and this little it looks like a miniature schnauzer terrier mix. it does look like a miniature schnauzer with the floof and ears maybe a little chihuahua in there oh my goodness yeah look at his little legs <laughs> i mean those legs look like corgi legs but i need to see a photo of this dog like running oh totally you know? 
cute. Congratulations, you two. Love wins. Ah, love wins. And that um, keeps sending us updates because this is so great and so amazing. I know we've been, a lot of us have been following this story and uh, I'm just so glad. My heart is so glad for both of you and this little precious angel dog. All right. Next up from anonymous pronoun she and her. I got my second Moderna vaccine. Woohoo! Within four hours, I had a fever, achy legs and wooziness. Felt miserable. I went to bed and experienced drenching night sweats. Meanwhile, Olive went on a covert counter-surfing mission. Oh, counter-surfing mission. I got it. She snuck into the kitty treats by knocking the container to the floor and proceeded to snarf half the box. We are full-time RVers, and our home is a very small place, but I slept through the whole Michigas. This morning, I feel great. Olive is passed out. <laughs> That's what happens when you eat a bag of box of treats. <laughs> Look at the feet. Oh, my God. Passed the fuck out. out. Oh, my God. Drunk on treats. Oh, well, congratulations on your shot. I'm glad that you were feeling well, even though it was like 24 hours of Michigas. Uh, okay, this next one's from Dale, pronouncing in him, misheard favorite swear. Now, I never heard her ad and save the matches, but my mom did like to say shit fire. <laughs> Only she always seemed to be quoting someone's thicker Southern accent. So I spent years thinking it might be shit fire. Uh, it's still my top of mind version. Pod tax. Audrey present, uh, excuse me, Audrey presents her sparkle puppies, the fair haired floof is Doodlebug, and his dark-haired sister is Darla. Thinking, what the mutt? Oh, we've got Cockers. Poodles, Cockers, and Maltese. And a Maltese, for sure. So Poodle, Cocker, Maltese. Maltese, but depending on where you check, the other has Toy Poodle, Shih Tzu, or one of each. So I like to assert that I live with a malted shit ball. Hilarious. <laughs> That's lovely. Shit far. <laughs> shit far. And... And what's the what's the closer? Oh, and save the matches. Shit far and save the matches. Love it. Uh, next up from uh, pronouns, uh, she and her. This is Sarah. Great and unexpected news coming out of Utah, where their Supreme Court affirmed the right of transgender, non-binary, and gender non-conforming individuals to change their gender markers on their birth certificates this week. Utah. This was the longest sitting case on Utah's Supreme Court docket. A friend's husband worked so hard on this. A wonderful victory in an onslaught of damaging and discriminatory proposals nationwide, however small. Utah. And we do have to celebrate the small victories. Yep. It's actually surprising. I mean, the church is very, very powerful in that state, but it's also has a very large LGBTQ population. And it's nice to know that they are starting to affirm our trans community there in a non-binary community. Absolutely. Um, you know what? And I just, while we're talking about it, I said at the top of the hour, happy mother's day. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of parents out there that don't identify as mother or father and they're just parents. So however you want to celebrate that, I'm wishing you a good day, um, on Sunday. If, if you did celebrate either of you. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking we should make mother's day happy parent one day and father's day, happy parent two day. But you know, there's also families that have more than that. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, Parents' Day. Yeah, happy parents. I just wanted to correct myself before anyone wrote in because is is inclusive inclusive as I am. Sometimes I still get caught up in this the verbiage if it's the, the country and the holidays. So Same. Same next up, we've got anonymous pronouns she and her. This is more of a coming out of quarantine confession. 
So we're going to the beach in a few days, and it's been a minute since we've been anywhere. I admit that during quarantine, I've let uh, things go a bit, but it was time to get back to some basics. And in order to go to the beach, I needed to get waxed. I already love this human being. I've always been an all-natural woman. I've just been getting just a bikini wax, just the sides and the top of it. And, but I've never gone in for a Brazilian before until today, the day of the accidental Brazilian. I feel another honoree coming up for the Webby. All right. The person I normally go to hasn't opened her salon space yet. So I walked into a nail salon I've gone to before because I knew they did waxing as well. All I can think that happened was I said, bikini, not Brazilian. And through my mask, the esthetician heard, bikini, no, Brazilian. Uh, she started working away. There was a lot to be done, even just for bikini wax. And I sort of zoned out. All of a sudden, I thought, wait, I don't think I've had wax all the way there before. Oh, God, what's going on? Now, since waxing is one of those things where I think about anything but the task at hand, I hadn't really been paying attention to where she'd already been. So... I decided I didn't stop. So I decided I didn't want to stop her lest I end up lopsided. So I let her continue on and on and on and on and on until she asked if I wanted my butt done. And I said, no, <laughs> all in all, it's not bad. Just more breezy <laughs> than I'm used to. I feel like I'm both wearing pants and not wearing pants. <laughs> I feel like I'm both wearing pants and not wearing pants. Or that my fly is open. I don't know. Schrodinger's pants. Oh, my God. Or that my fly is open. I don't know. Things are just different down there. Anyway, lesson learned. I need to enunciate more when I'm masked. Mm. <laughs> the accidental Brazilian. I'm pretty sure we just got a title, although AG will make that call. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we can do that because I don't have like any high profile guests on today. So <laughs> oh, my God. Like, when, like it's like heavy metal vomit party featuring Andrew McCabe. I'm like, I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh but accidental Brazilian. Yeah, it's breezy, isn't it? It's a little it's a little breezy. Um lopsided. Yeah, you didn't you don't stop them, you know, you just kind of let them finish, right? Cuz you don't know where they start and where they end up. And uh yeah, that's funny because my first band out of uh out of the navy cuz you know I was in bands in high school and shit but my first me- band I was in was called Crooked Bush for that very reason. So I <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Crooked Bush. So yeah, well welcome. Uh you're you're vaxxed, waxed and ready to ready relax. to party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hit that beach, enjoy it. Yeah, and try that try the bum next time. Do do go go off, go all in. Just make sure she goes the bum last. Clean to dirty people, clean to dirty. <laughs> They don't reuse the wax, but yeah. <laughs> it's a great, it's like one of the best bits by Wanda Sykes. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my, she's so wonderful. AG, if you have not heard her bit though about waxing, Google it. Wanda Sykes, um, Brazilian wax. So damn funny. I was crying. I will. I will. And I, I have a, a confession to make. Ooh. And I don't know how this happened because I am on the internet a lot. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot on the internet. But yesterday was the first time I had ever seen Tom Holland doing the Singing in the Rain and oh. Rihanna Umbrella mashup on Lip Sync Battle. I had never seen it before. I hadn't either. And it was funny. If I, I, I don't know. It was Shawnee. I don't know whose Twitter feed that is. She's like, I'm not sure if I want to be him or do him, which was amazing. <laughs> Shawnee, yeah. yeah. And 
yeah, she says, happy fourth anniversary of Tom Holland making me want to both do him and be him. Uh, yes. But I had never seen this before. Apparently, also, if you haven't seen it before, it's on my uh, Twitter feed at Muller She Wrote on May 8th. Watch it. And there is a rule. There is a, 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 it's just a known unwritten rule that whenever you see this pop up in your timeline, you actually have to share it. That is apparently the rule. I've learned that. I've learned a lot since I saw since I've seen this uh, video. But oh my god! And then I read a whole thing about how they made it, and uh, it's absolutely just an incredible performance. And I just want to tell everyone I'm sorry that I had never seen that before, and I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, anything before we get out of here, Dana? No, I am. Um, we made it through Monday. If you're li- when you're listening to this, it's Monday. We made it through the day. My goodness. Yeah, barely. Super sorry, everybody. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> just thanks for loving us. There's a couple bloopers we'll leave in and just imagine all the ones that were taken out. Just uh, yeah. just imagine. I didn't want to <laughs> go too off the rails. But <sighs> thank you, everybody. Until tomorrow, we will see you. And, and yeah, until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>